Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. and the blessings of our God. But right now, I don't want us to go one step further without having a prayer for you. As we were worshiping on the front row, 
and the Spirit of God was so strong. And I said, I want to tell people that what you are believing for right now, God's miracle is working on your behalf. I leaned over to Luke and Brandon and I said, it's the first service I've been in in seven months that I'm on the other side of needing a miracle. That's a good feeling, y'all. That's a good feeling. How many of you right now, and those of you on stream, before we get into the message, before we get into the word, you need that touch from God in your life. Maybe you need a miracle of healing. Maybe you need a miracle of finances. Maybe you need a miracle in your marriage with your children. Maybe your kids are away from God. Whew. I feel God right now working in their hearts on your behalf right this very moment. They may think they're running from God, but God's got a big leash on them, and he's just letting them run their course. He's about ready to pull them in. What else, is, what else do you have? You need a job. You need a financial breakthrough. You need a breakthrough in your career. You have a ministry that you need God to move. You want more than just getting by in your life. Today, I feel the power of God. Thank you, worship team. Thank you for taking us into the presence of our God Almighty. Thank you, worshipers, for pressing in to God Almighty. I want you to lift your hands right now. I want you to play that song we just sang and go ahead and sing and worship as we establish God's dominion and work with you to touch heaven right now for your miracles. Lift your hands all over. Father, we thank you, my God. We're not on our own in this life. You are God Almighty. You are Father God, but you are God Almighty. Lord, we come to you right now. We break every curse of addiction on our families. We break every curse on our marriages of division, discord. We break every curse of financial bondage, every curse of poverty, not enough, insufficiency. We break it in the name of Jesus Christ. We break the spirit of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you, God, that we can call upon you for a miracle of healing. You are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. And God, whatever diseases, sicknesses might be present in this house, in our bodies, in our families, in people we love and know, we break that spirit of disease and sickness through the blood and the authority of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that no matter what we have need of, you have told us that we can come before you. 
your throne of grace, mercy, and miracles and walk out with those needs met by you, God Almighty. So Lord, right now, release your presence. Release your miracle touch. Release your healing was broken my God do what only you can do and God as we do our best in the natural we know that you are putting your super to our natural right now and bringing miracle release in Jesus name now come on give him a shout seeing. I know that feeling. And as hard as we press in, as hard as we are believing, there's a weight. And there's a weight. <laughs> but I know what it is to feel to be on the other side of that. And not just with this recent battle we've gone through, but you know, we've got 40, 45 years or so of ministry under our belt, of life under our belt. We know a few things because we've seen a few things. And I know this, there's nothing too hard for our God, for us and for you. Amen. So today I'm doing part three of living in the flow of God's favor. Choose to be chosen. Amen. This is a message that uh, I've had... Uh, in my files for many years because I've always believed this, 
But um, yesterday I worked all day on it, fine-tuned it, and uh, uh, snazzed it up a bit, modernized it, brought it up to speed with the Holy Ghost. But I want to tell you, uh, if you didn't hear the messages a few months ago on part one and part two, have a listen to them because there really is no limits to our God's abilities in our lives. There's no limits to what you can accomplish in your life because of our God who is limitless and there is nothing impossible for him. Oftentimes as Christians, we get into kind of a routine. We get into kind of a taking for granted serving God. And sometimes even in my life, I'm in a phase right now where I'm shaking up my spirit to go to the next level. Uh, my husband and I, you know, Larry's 72. You would never in a million years know it. In a million years, he'll look the same, act the same. <laughs> but we don't feel like we're on the other side of things. We don't feel like our best years are behind us. We feel like our best years are ahead of us. We feel like we're just getting started. We feel like from Tombstone the movie, we're in our prime. Amen. Anybody else here feel you're in your prime? Amen. And so at any phase of our life, I believe that we should be challenging ourselves. One thing about living with my husband, it is a daily adventure. He is always, always on the move, looking for the next thing. Our, our, if you look at our kitchen, I told Anna the other day, our kitchen is like a smorgasbord. Whatever, it just represents all these crazy aspects of our lives. You've got these deep, deep spiritual revelation books. I mean, from the ancients. You've got modern books of new and, and breakthrough revelations. You've got all of those books stacked everywhere in disarray. You've got all messages of every kind. You've got talits. You've got, you've got guns, bullets, holsters. You got horse bridles. You got Wild West Show magazine. I mean, to tell you, it is a, it's an adventure to say the least. And we wouldn't have it any other way. Well, it's that way in our lives, but it's that way in our spirits. We're always, always looking for what God is doing next. You've heard us say this, but we live this way literally. God, what are you doing in the world today? And how do you want us to be a part of it? My husband's in Poland. He's not just there on a tour. He's meeting with world leaders, world Israeli leaders on what is our next steps to change the world and to bring the unity and the life between Christians and Jews. Amen. Every day we get up, God, what are you doing and what do you want us to be a part of today? Amen. And I believe that that's how all of us need to live. You know, maybe not to that degree necessarily, but in our lives every day to get up with an expectancy, to get up with a freshness, 
to wake up in the morning and not be overwhelmed by the burdens of life, the to-do lists, the undone things, the bills, the finances, the family things, all of that is life and we have to take care of those things. But wake up to God. And before we look at our mountain of to-do lists, look up to the mountain mover. Before we're overwhelmed by all the things going on in the world, be overwhelmed by him, by his presence. Look, I'm the same way. I wake up in the world. My mind is immediately, you know, okay, I got to do this. This is, you know, going over my to-do list in my mind. Everything is, you know, hollering at me in my brain. And I have to calm myself and just take a moment. Not an hour prayer necessarily right then, but just before I even get out of bed, just to look up. Whew. It's you. (laughs) It's really God. It's really you. Not just, oh, hello, God. Hello, Lord. Like you'd say hi to your puppy. Hey, hey, our new little puppy, Blue. Hey, Blue. Oh, no, no. (laughs) It's not casual. This is God with a capital G. Amen. So the scripture that I wanted to start with, Matthew 22, 14. Many are called, but few are chosen. You've heard me talk about that in the last few messages of this series a little bit. But basically, um, you know, there's many levels of meanings to all scriptures, and there's many levels to that. But one meaning is also, uh, what does that really mean? Does that mean that God just eeny, meeny, miny, moe? I'm going to catch Yvonne by the toe. (laughs) You look good today, so I'm going to bless you. Troy, maybe not so much today. Is God just up there, hmm, huh, wow. Or is he just kind of taking a handful of blessings wherever they land? No, that's not what he's saying. God is no respecter of persons. But there is a system of moving closer and into the things of God in our lives. And it really, if you look at it, it's kind of like a chess game. That God makes his move on us, calls us to go to greater levels with him, to go to greater levels of influence. He puts that tugging in our hearts. Y'all feel that sometimes? It's just like God is just kind of stirring you to do more. God's just stirring you in your heart to desire more, to desire more influence God's stirring all of our hearts right now, I believe, about the condition of the world. If you don't feel it, honestly, we should. There's things going on that we need to be difference makers. We need to have a voice as God's people. We need to have an influence stronger than the influence of the evil in our world right now. Can I get an amen? Can I get a stomp? (laughs) There's stuff going on. 
There's stuff going on that's trying to steal the hearts and souls, especially of our children. And if we don't wake up and become aware and make a spiritual, physical, political stand, I believe that we'll be held accountable when we stand before God. Now, I'm not saying that to dump a heavy on you. I'm saying that to challenge us. There's things that God is stirring in the world right now. And those of his people that are paying attention are being moved to establish his dominion and to press in to more of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Is this ringing a bell within? So what I call that is God's call, the call to all. But to become the chosen one of God is that we move and act upon that. How many of you, how many of you are like me? You've got to-do lists everywhere. I mean, I have, since I was, since I could write, I had to-do lists. Before there were post-its, <laughs> I had tape and paper all over just because if I'm going to, if I want to do it, I need to see it. I need to think about it. I need to be accountable to it. And my mind works that way. So if I have undone things on my to-do list, it just bothers me. But then there comes a point where it gets further and further down the list. <laughs> More priorities come up, and then I just move it to the next month's list. Well, maybe six months later, it's still there, and I kind of forgot about it. Was it just as important as the other things? Yeah. Should I have done it? Oh, yeah. Does it still need to be done? Yep. But I got to get to it and do it, right? Right? Right. Well, that's kind of what we can do sometimes with that nudging of the Lord. We feel it. Maybe we even come to the altar about it. We respond to it. We say, yes, God, use my life. But then life gets busy. We go out those doors and boom, we hit the ground running, right? And so there's certain things as God deals with us, maybe to get a real serious prayer life about our families, You know, there is trust in God, but there's a time to rest and there's a time to press. When you are in the middle of a crisis, you got to press. You got to press and then you've got to leave that in the hands of God and rest. But when you feel that press, you need to press. When God's dealing with you to pray someone through or pray your kids through or God's dealing with you, hey, there's something going on with uh, child number two, (laughs) child number three, you need to be praying moms and dads, grandmas, you need to be praying them through and be sensitive to what God is telling you and directing you. And I'm not talking about that late night worry that we all have, but I'm talking about being sensitive in our spirits. Becoming more and more in tune with the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. And so there's God's part, his call, and then there's us responding to that. Those are the things that cause us to become the chosen ones. The Spirit of God, 2 Chronicles 16.9, tells us that the Spirit of the Lord is running to and fro throughout the earth. To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. 
Does that mean he's racing across this room looking for Mr. or Mrs. or Miss Perfect? No, but a perfect heart towards him is just what we've been describing. It's not that you never make a mistake. It's not that you never mess up or that you never have a bad thought or that you don't get discouraged or that you, you know, say a bad word once in a while. Come on now, be real. My, <laughs> am I the only one? No, <laughs> I'm kidding, never. I was a sinner once upon a time. Sometimes those words try to come out. Oh my goodness, I just confessed something and nobody laughed. <laughs> Troy, help me out here. <laughs> no, not really. Anyway, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes we're not perfect, but our hearts can still be perfect to God hungering, thirsting after him. The very fact that you are here Sunday morning on a beautiful spring day tells me that your heart is crying out to be close to God, to be all that God has for you and to grasp and, and, and lay hold of God's purposes and plans in your life. Am I right? Amen. So God is looking, he's searching for those who he can be strong on their behalf. Anybody want to get his attention right now? He's racing through this room looking right now on stream. He's looking for those that he can use and bless. The world right now is in a leadership vacuum for good, righteous leaders. Believe me, that vacuum of leadership is being filled by evil intentions. You know, a vacuum in space in the world cannot exist. That's why you hear about black holes in the universe that are just eating up everything they can because a vacuum, they're a vacuum and a vacuum cannot exist without consuming and filling itself. So leadership in the world is void of good leadership. So evil leadership is filling those voids. While we are sitting right here, praising the Lord, in church, worshiping, talking about the goodness of God, talking about hungering and thirsting after God and his dominion in the world. There's people all over this city, this nation, this world, conspiring to cause the world to conform to the devil's plans. They're aggressive. They're aggressive. They're extremely aggressive. And we as Christians need to be in a place right now where we are rising up mentally, spiritually, and taking that dominion back. We need to have a voice. We need to be influencers. You know, this term influencers right now is so annoying to me. You know, you can't turn on your computer, all the, you know, stories pop up. Oh, so-and-so influencers got a new pair of tennis shoes that just came. When I speak of an influencer, I'm talking about someone 
that makes a difference in the world. Not someone who chases a fad or talks about a fad. Oh, I got a new hairdo. I got a new, you know. No, I'm talking about influencers that change the course of history. Influencers that change the direction of their families. Influencers of moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas that get down on their knees and pray those kids through. That walk them out the door. As, you know, when I used to drive my kids to school, you know, things were so rushed in the morning. We had to leave the house with Katie at like 6.30. And so, you know, she was dragging you know, we didn't have time for a 45-minute prayer meeting at the house. But we'd get in the car, and we'd have our prayer meeting on the way to school. And not just me praying. She would pray with me. And if she didn't feel like it, she would pray with me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And we would pray together, establishing God's dominion, going through the names of God, going through the the uh, Lord's prayer in our lives and establishing that dominion and bringing that presence of God into her heart and her life. Was those, were those times and words in vain? Absolutely not, because the word of God will not go void. The word of God goes as a seed into their hearts and it grows and multiplies. And so all the things that we choose to do God is looking and searching for people that will trust him and serve him. But guess what? He's also looking for people that he can trust. Amen. Can God trust us with the treasures? And so all these things about learning to become a chosen one, really it's a give and a take. It's like the more that you surrender, the more you give, the more you conform to God's image, the more you say no to sin, the more you walk away from useless, meaningless wastes of time and press into God, the more you become the chosen one, the more you become the blessed and living in his favor. Number two, I'm only on two. Hmm. Okay. I heard that Luke. trained up those children well. <laughs> Number two, we give our life to the Lord and then he begins to show us what that means. You know, serving God, giving your life as a Christian is not just a one time at an altar. It's every day. And as we grow, God just opens more and more doors for us of influence. He opens more and more opportunities for us. He allows us to grow and develop and mature and to become a greater force for him in the world. John 3:16, for God so loved the world, he so loved you that he gave his own son. His own son so that you and I could have life abundant. That's how much God loves each of you. He's not a hard taskmaster. He's not a hard taskmaster. And he will never ask you to do something that's going to wreck your life or, or cause you to miss out on all the fun or the good times. God only has good for his people. No matter what it is, he wants the best for you. I like to tell people, God gives us 
our life as a gift. What we do with our life is our gift back to him. And so we have that choice on how we're going to live our life. So number three, you have a destiny. You are blessed to be a blessing. We all have dreams. We all have aspirations, goals, desires. We have things that we want to accomplish. We have ways that we would like our life to be. You know, we all want to be blessed, right? So there are things that we can do to release that blessing. As we choose not just to seek after blessings or not just to seek after things or stuff or happiness, as we choose to be a blessing first, God will bless us back. When we are a blessing, it's a boomerang back to us, literally. And I mean that with all my heart. You cannot outgive God. You cannot overserve God. You cannot overbelieve him for his blessings because God is not a liar. He can only speak truth and his word promises that whatever we sow, we will reap back multiplied. We have specific abilities and talents in each of our lives that are meant to be a part of bringing goodness to the world. You know, whether you have the gift in your life to become a teacher, oh my goodness, what a, what a need for teachers we have in the world. Teachers that would teach righteousness. Teachers that would love and care for students. Teachers that would help to guide your children in the right direction. Amen. Whether you have a desire to be a nurse Oh my goodness, what nurses go through and what they give and pour out to people. It's a ministry. It's a gift. If you're a business person and you've got that gifting in your life, you know, Larry and I, uh, we're in the ministry, but we are also in business. And many years ago, we made a choice that we didn't want our financial future to be completely determined just by a pastoral salary. And we decided that we wanted to begin to do some real estate investments and do some things. And God just worked miracles where we were able to do a few little projects, small. And we just kept sowing to the Lord. We wanted, we had a goal to be blessed, but we had a goal to be givers. Our heart's desire was to be able to give abundantly to fund the kingdom of God. We were the pastors. That's a little abnormal, really. But we've always wanted and chosen to be and have been the biggest givers in the church, no matter what, because that's our heart's desire. So whatever blessings God brings us, we know that we've got to keep his purposes and plans first. Now that's kind of separate from the ministry. That's just our heart's desire. And so as we use these gifts in our lives to make a difference, to make impact in the world, my goodness, we need politicians. We need 
Can I get an amen on the front row? We need people to rise up at a grassroots level and say, I'm going to make a difference. You know, you ask little kids, what are you going to be when you grow up? Well, I'm going to be a fireman. I'm going to be a policeman. Maybe I'm going to be this, that. Maybe I'll be president. Okay, that's a great aspiration. But let's start at a grassroots level. If we want to have that kind of an impact, we need to start by getting involved with the PTA of our schools. We need to get started with uh, councils, uh, (laughs) city council, all these kinds of things, rather than just sit back, watch the news and say, dear God, what is the world coming to? And then sit around and moan and bellyache and complain about it. You know, let's stop griping about everything and do something about it. Amen? Let's stop preaching to the world what we don't believe in, what we're against, what they're doing wrong, and let's rise up and be the example and the leader for a godly society, a godly schools, and a godly family. How about that? You know, the, one of the sayings I love, I say this all the time, but there's an old saying, it says, everywhere you go, preach the gospel. And if you have to, use words. I'm going to tell you something. When I became a Christian in 1976, a born-again Christian, I had moved from Montana to Arizona to go to college, had this radical conversion. My parents thought I joined a cult. My dad was coming. My mom sent me a letter. Charles Manson thought that he was (laughs) following Jesus too. (laughs) That's what they thought. This was in the 70s. My dad was packed up. He was in his truck. He had everything packed up. He was coming down to get me kidnap me and take me back home to Montana. And my mom finally talked him out of it as he's pulling out of the driveway. She said, she'll just go back. She's got to make this choice on her own. My parents were so, so upset, so worried, so brokenhearted because, you know, it was radical. When we got saved and the lifestyle that, I mean, it was radical. It wasn't like uh, Sunday morning church and you know, we were, we were radical. It was the 70s. It was the Jesus People Movement. And it was the hippie movement on, on flames. And so my parents were just in this uproar. And then I tell them, I'm marrying this guy. <laughs> he has the greatest testimony. He was a drug dealer. He was a heroin and cocaine addict from the streets of St. Louis. He was a gangbanger. He was a wild man. I'm going to marry him. You're going to love him. I will never forget my dad. Oh, he got up, walked out of the room, didn't say a word. I looked at my mom. I'm like, is he okay? Heck no, he's not okay, and neither am I. What if he goes back? What if he does this again? You know, they weren't used to that. I'm like, no, 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 God changed his life. Really, God changed his life. 
We got married, and the pictures at our wedding, my parents are both. <laughs> I kid you not. I don't think I've ever said this publicly. I'm on a roll. <laughs> I kid you not. My, my dad, he's, he, he, my dad, he's, you know, he can hold his own, but he's not a real big guy, was. My brother is six foot two. He weighs about, he's big, he's big. He was, he was a football player and then he stopped working out and that kind of morphed. But anyway, he's big. At our wedding, we went to Montana to get, to get married and everything was just, you know, at warp speed. And my dad's instructions to my brother were, okay, when the wedding's going on, if I give you to my, this he says to my brother, John, if I give you the look, you run up there, grab her and you run out the side door with her. <laughs> and my dad says, I'll take it from there. <laughs> they had any idea who they were dealing with <laughs> I'm like John you're big but you are not from the streets of South St. Louis brother you didn't you didn't uh, survive in Colombia as a drug dealer come on now <laughs> anyway oh my gosh where am I going so what was I what was I talking about what number three why did I go on that route? Well, Larry always gets to tell the funny stories and I never do. So it's like, give me a chance once in a while to tell my side of it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I remember. So what I was gonna say is, we got married, we, you know, had Anna, you know, about a year later, and we just started building this family, and we're doing great, and all these things, we're doing great, and um, went to see my parents uh, about several years later, God had called us to Australia, so then I had to go and tell them, uh, we're not moving closer, we're moving to Australia, and that went over about as well as, you know, the getting married thing, <laughs> however, however, we sat up really late with my mom one night, talked to her about not so much just the gospel, but the lifestyle of the gospel and what that has done and how it's changed Larry, how it's changed me, how it's given us foundations for a marriage, given us ways to raise our children. I told them how much I appreciated and loved everything that they did for me growing up and everything. It wasn't a conflict. It was just... And my mom sat there and she said, you know, I don't understand, this is at three in the morning. She said, I don't really totally understand the doctrine of this, but I do understand the benefits of it in your life. And that I can agree with and be happy for. And so with that is what I was going to say, everywhere you go, preach the gospel and if you have to, use words. Let your light shine. When you're wanting to make a difference, don't just go in and blast people with hellfire and brimstone. Let your light shine. As Christians, let's just not be about preaching and 
griping about what we're against. Let's show the world what we stand for. Let's show the world the goodness of God. Let's show the world why we live a moral life. Because it's God's plan and path to all blessings. Let's show the world the difference between all the chaos and all the sin and all those kinds of things and what living for God actually produces in our lives, our families, our finances. Let's be the leaders economically. Let's be those that set policy. Let's be those that become the head and not the tail. Amen? And we'll talk about that in a, in, in a moment. Number, oh, I'm trying to keep up with myself. Number four. So before I go there, let me, let me tell you this beautiful, beautiful uh, saying by a man named Richard, Richard Foster. And this was years ago. And he said, and I believe this is so appropriate for where we are right now in the world. We live in a day where heaven and earth are on tiptoe waiting for the emergence of a spirit-led, spirit-empowered, spirit-intoxicated people. You know, the world is looking desperately for hope. You know, we can look at the world and the sin and the things going on and think, oh, they're just so messed up. They're so vile. They're this and that. You know what? They're looking for hope. They're looking for something. They just don't know what it is or who it is. And so when, 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 when we got saved, you would never, ever in your life look at us a week before and say, that's someone who would go to the altar, give their lives to the Lord. No, we didn't look like somebody who would be looking for Jesus. And we weren't. Neither of us, completely different backgrounds, but we weren't looking for Jesus or church, but we were looking for meaning. We were looking for substance. We were tired of that empty, hollow feeling from what the world dished out and said would make us happy. This in the 70s, things were pretty hardcore back then, you know, and we were pretty far down a path. And yet God used those circumstances at that time to hook a whole generation of young people that were immersed in all of this chaos and rebellion and marching in the streets and drugs and, you know, illicit lifestyles, all of those things. And yet what we really were doing was trying to fill a hole in our heart that only Jesus could fill. That's the world right now only on steroids. And you and I don't feel hopeless, feel excited. I'm so excited about God moving in people's lives. I'm so expected. Larry and I have been saying forever, the world needs another Jesus people movement. The world, young people need what happened to us to happen and sweep the world. We're seeing it, y'all. We're seeing it. That time has come and we need to be a part of it. Not spectators, but to be a part of making it happen and being a part of it. Joel 2, 28 and 29. You know, right in the middle of our ordinary lives, God can use us. Joel 2, 28, 29. In the end times, 
God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. His sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams, have visions. Upon his servants and handmaids, I will pour out my spirit. But guess what? What is the key in that? I know a lot of people that want to prophesy. I know a lot of people that want to have a word from God. I know a lot of people that want to be, you know, deep and spiritual. What is the key right there? Servants and handmaids. The key to being used deeply spiritual is that you are deeply faithful in the natural realm. In the natural realm. You know, what I look for when I'm looking for a leader is not someone who's going to come and preach to me and give me a word from God. I mean, yeah, we need that, of course. What I'm looking for is a faithful servant. Someone who says, hey, what can I do to be a blessing here? How can I let God use my life? You see, these are terms that are verbs, not nouns. Servants, handmaids, those are terms that are verbs. That doesn't mean we just sit and wait for the Holy Spirit to move and then, you know, get involved in that part. Those, yes, that goes without saying. We need prayer warriors and all these spiritual things, but we also need people that will just rise up, find a need, and fill it. Be a part of what God is doing. That's the call to all. Number four, God is coming back in and through his people before he comes back for his people. How many believe the Lord is coming back soon to grab and snatch us up? In the meantime, he's pouring out his spirit for and through people. God wants to raise you up as a person of influence. He wants to raise you up right in the middle of your ordinary life. Whatever that calling is on your life, whatever that desire is, God wants to use you in that pour his spirit through you to be an example and to touch the world around you. Influence your sphere of influence. Amen. So 2 Corinthians 12, 9, how do we do this? Who am I, Lord? How many of you are a little nervous when it comes to witnessing or soul winning or at work, somebody mentions something and you're like, I know I need to tell them about Jesus, but I'm so afraid. Am I the only one again? What is 2 Corinthians 12, 9? His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Amen. I remember, you know, trying to learn how to be a soul winner and how to tell people about the Lord. My mouth would get so dry. My throat would swell. I was so, like, shy and embarrassed and just, like, I didn't know what to say. But I remember this one time, all of a sudden, this young girl on the streets, and, you know, God bless her, but she was a little bit simple. And so she was like, her name was Sandy. She lived across the street from Larry and me. And I was like, here she was walking up the street. I'm like, this is my chance. (laughs) I go out there. I'm like, hi, what's your name? You know, and I'm just like, barely can talk. I'm so scared. So we start talking and stuff. So I start telling her about the Lord and church and this and that. She goes, I would love to come. I would love to. Well, she was so lonely. God bless her heart. Of course, she, you know, you're going to take me to church. And, 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 uh, and I'm like, well, you know, would you like to pray and ask the Lord into your heart? Of course I would. I'm like, oh, okay. I prayed with her and she's like, can I come home with you? <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. So, you know, she comes to my house. I mean, every day she's at my house for the next week, you know. God love her, and I loved her and blessed, blessed her and took care of her. But that night, Larry comes home. I'm like, I got one. I got a soul. I did it. I did it. <laughs> and so can you. You see, the, there's a saying that says, the difference between average people and great people is that when great people see a need, they do something about it. So we'll sit here today, we'll go, yeah, I need to, you know, be more vocal. I need to look for those opportunities. Then tomorrow we'll be at work and, you know, people be around the water cooler and somebody will say, man, you know, I got this going on at home, whatever, you know. And you can be the light. You can be the voice that is the light. You can be the voice. Listen, these last few months, you know, I had a lot of opportunities <laughs> being around people that were in bad, bad ways. I mean, when you go to get chemo, I mean, it's not a pretty sight around you. And people, everybody there is in desperate needs. So it's like, what do you, what do, you do with this, you know? And so I wasn't going to go in there and stand up on a platform and preach the gospel. But I was going to go in there and look. If God, if you open a door for me, I don't want to be invasive to anyone. I don't want to step on anybody's toes or people are in their private place, you know. But God, if you open the door for me to be a light to someone, I will. And I did. And there were many, many opportunities that I had to tell people about our miracles, tell people about the hope of God, while, of course, doing what needs to be done in the natural being sensible, but also about the God touch. And there's so many people that we were able to touch through this. Well, you know what? I didn't feel like talking to anybody. I didn't feel good. And I didn't want to be bothered myself. But I said, God, this is where I'm at right now. So use my life. Let my life shine for you. And by the grace of God, he has. And so be available. Here's my saying, blessed are the available. Blessed are the available. Everywhere you go, preach the gospel. What will you say? Number five, connect at their point of need. Don't try and, you know, you probably are familiar with the old tracks, the four spiritual laws and all that, you know, go knock on somebody's door. Excuse me. Hi, I'm here to tell you about Jesus the four spiritual laws and how you're going to go to hell without Jesus. Would you, would you, would you, <laughs> no, this is really good news. Bam. You know, listen, there's better ways. There's better ways to communicate with the people that are around you. Look for their point of need. You know, people don't want to be preached at. They don't want to be told they're wrong. They don't want to be told their ideas are, are, are wrong or evil, but they want hope. And they want answers. And they have the same needs that all of us do. To be appreciated, to be valued, to find a purpose in life. That's what every single person wants. And so you find, you look for that need. You look for that need in their lives. You know, somebody mentioned something about something going on in their family or this or that. Well, you know what? I know someone that can help you. I know someone that can change your life. I know someone that changed our life. I can tell you stories. I can tell you, you know, I have a friend that went through that in their life and God just delivered them and changed them. And oh my goodness, he can do that for you too. 
those are ways that you reach people and communicate with them, not to preach at them and condemn them, but to let them see the hope. And number six, I want you to cultivate, in order to grow into God's blessings, you have to cultivate learning and knowledge and understanding. Third John 2, beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. In other words, we have to make that effort to grow. We have to make that effort to move forward and be responsible in the things of God. It's really just like being responsible on the job. If you want to get a promotion at work, you have to show yourself promotion worthy. There's the grace of God that falls on us and the favor of God that falls on us. But there is also earning it. You know, God, I, I, want, a, I want a blessing. I want a raise. I want these things. Just drop it out of heaven. And sometimes he does. But for the most part... You're going to move forward in responsibility. You're going to move forward. God's going to give you ideas, concepts, insights, give you uh, ways to help that company, ways to do your job better and to shine and to rise above and get that promotion. Well, it's the same way with the things of God. God, I want your blessings. I want your favor. I want a double portion. Well, then do the work to get there. Press in. Be available. Do it on the job, but do, if you're looking for an opportunity to be a blessing, right here, we can sign you up, Wanderson. We can sign you up right after church. Be a part of, of uh, a greeter, a mingler. Be a part of a, an altar worker. Be a part of the children's ministry. Show up and be a part of just being here for people. Learn somebody's name. Say hello. Give them a hug. Shake their hand. Call them on the phone. How y'all doing? Anything we can pray with you about. Instead of coming to have our needs met, let's come to also help meet the needs of others. Amen. These are all areas that we can grow because as God elevates you and increases your influence and increases your blessings and favor, he also expects us to grow along with that in the responsibilities. You see that third John, we all use that. Beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers, that means as your heart, as your understanding, as your knowledge of, your, your, of the Bible, but of life and of being involved with what God's doing. Amen? So there's all of those things. There's the Holy Ghost blessing, but that doesn't nullify the natural efforts to get there. They work hand in hand. Number seven, cultivate compassion. If you want to be used by God, you've got to have a heart for people. You can't just stand up and preach. You can't just tell people what's right or wrong. You can't just get the important, visible pulpit jobs. <laughs> you've got to love on people. You've got to care. You have to dare to care. And if you don't, people aren't going to respond to you in a great way. Because we say it all the time, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And so we've got to step out and show people that we really care about them. That takes time. Love, showing love, is giving time. And so come early. Come early to church. Stay a little bit later. Mingle. Let people know that they're important not only to God, but to us here at New Beginnings. Be a leader and help 
build the kingdom of God. Number eight, don't be so spiritually minded. We're of no earthly value. Like I said briefly, get involved on a grassroots level with people. You know, they say that most people that are needing therapy or counseling or um, different things for emotional problems, they say that 100 hours of counseling or therapy can't do what an hour with someone who really cares can do. You know, there's times I'll spend with people, they've had a tragedy or an accident in their lives or someone's passed away or something tragic. You know, I can't change that. There's nothing I can say to change that. But I sure can show them that there's someone here to care. And I sure can pray for them and connect them to the God who can bring restoration and help and comfort. And that's the same with you. So I love this saying, Martin Luther King Jr. said this, everyone can be great because everyone can serve. There was a little lady in our church, she's about this big Hispanic, came in years ago, and I remember talking to her one day, and she was just always a little bit lethargic and just kind of, you know, down. And so one day I was talking to her, she came, asked for prayer, and she said, I just feel so insignificant and unimportant in my life. She goes, you know, I'm, I've been divorced for many years. I live alone and I just feel so unimportant and insignificant. And I said, well, I'm going to pray for you, but you know what? You need a job around here. <laughs> I'm going to make you feel really important. And I, and I got her involved in being a greeter. I'm telling you, she touched so many people with that beautiful smile and heart, but she touched her own heart Amen. by giving and serving. And that woman changed overnight. She, I looked forward to seeing her in the, in the lobby because this beautiful smile, warm hug, always knew everybody's names. She blessed my soul so much. But beyond that, because she gave she blessed her own life. And pretty soon, she met a guy and got remarried. Well, I don't know if that would happen, quite honestly, if she had stayed in that slump. But because she chose to come out of it and to give of herself and her heart, God blessed her and released that favor on her life. Amen. When we give, it's a boomerang effect. I'm telling you, in building a ministry, in building a business, there's the bricks and the mortar. In the church, you've got the bricks that are the teachings, the sermons, the foundations, the preaching, the pastor, the leadership. Then you've got the mortar that holds all those bricks together. And that's people, caring, relationships, love, acceptance, and friendship. Number nine, just, and we're going to close with this. And number ten. <laughs> Get a God-sized vision for your life. Listen, take the limits off of God. Take the limits off of God. Take the limits off yourself, who God loves and empowers. Let me tell you something. God's DNA lives within you. He lives within you. The author the creator of everything, 
Our God spoke and formed the worlds. He spoke and formed everything in this world. He thought it up, created it, in his mind, spoke it. His DNA lives within you and I. As a believer, let's not walk around shoulder shoulder slumped, sad-faced, desperate. Let's perk ourselves up and realize who we are. We're a child of God Almighty. We're a child of the King. Let him live large within you. Get a God-sized vision for your life. You might have dreams, aspirations, and think, oh, I could never do that. Oh, yeah, you could. With our God living within you, causing his, excuse me, grace to go before you, with you, and after you. Dream big. Dream big. Let me tell you what his serving him does for us. It releases the God factor. All the dreams, all the things that you want so desperately to happen in your life. Serving him. Choosing to be chosen. All of these things. Here's what it releases in your life. Number one, grace. Unmerited favor. Unearned. Undeserved. The abilities of God coming upon us and equipping and enabling us to do what we could never, ever do for ourselves or on our own. The grace of God is God putting his super to our natural. We work hard, but then God puts that super sauce on and it's explosive. Number two, favor. To endorse, assist, support, make easier, (laughs) pave the way, to provide special advantage and privilege. Have you ever gone to an event where you are the VIP? You know, Larry just went to this event in Poland, and he called me last night, and he said, uh, you know, they weren't really knowing what to expect, And they got there and realized there's like 10,000 people that are coming for this event. And he says, they get off the plane and there's this man who's the head of the entire event, him and his wife waiting for them, had their names up, met them, took them to their car, took them to their hotel. Pastor, is there anything we can do for you? Pastor, you know, he, he was the VIP. Well, that's nice as opposed to, you, have you ever landed in an airport? Un, un, you, you don't really know. Who. One time we went, years ago, we went to this foreign country. Somebody was supposed to meet us at the airport. Nobody was there. Didn't speak the language, didn't know how to work the phone, didn't have any change or anything to put into it. We're like, we don't even, <laughs> we just sat down in a chair and just waited. <laughs> Hours later, somebody came. Oh, pastor, I'm sorry. We were on our way. Traffic. No worries. We've only traveled 28 hours to get here, but, you know, we're good. (laughs) But there's a VIP treatment. 
that God has for you. His favor to endorse, assist, make easier to provide special advantage and privilege. The anointing of God. God giving us his authority, his power, and his abilities. He smears us with his abilities. When you're moving in the anointing, you're not moving in your own strength. You're not trying just to do something on your own. In your life, adapt the anointing into your life every day. Because anointing causes you to do, accomplish, and become more than you ever could on your own. Amen? Number four on that, God's promises of blessing. That word blessing is not just, oh, bless you, honey. Hachoo. Oh, God bless you. It's not like a catchphrase. Oh, have a nice day, hun. No, the word, the blessing is from God. And it means to be endued with power to prosper and excel. And especially in the areas of finances. And number five, God's covenant promise. Oh, I love this scripture. Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. Our God is watching over his word to perform it. And it shall accomplish what he sent it to do. Would you stand with me right now? I want us to seal this in prayer. You know, Serving God is not just about our beliefs. It is, of course, that's the core, the heart, knowing God, having a transformed life. But serving God is a verb. It's action. It's a lifestyle. It's turning from the old ways and turning from your own selfish desires to giving your life to the Lord and allowing him to move through you and use you. This is the greatest divine exchange ever. We trade in when, you know, I remember when I first got saved and I'm thinking, oh man, I got to give up this. I got to, you know, I got to do that. I got to, you know, the, the biggest thing for me, honestly, at that time was giving up snow skiing on Sundays. <laughs> that was my life, snow skiing. Church on Sundays? No, I'm sorry. I can't make that. I have to go skiing. Well, I gave that up. It was a sacrifice. You know, you might not get it, but it was. And in my life, I said, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this up for you. And my goodness, I look back on my life now. Thank God I said, good trade. <laughs> good trade. <laughs> but sometimes those things he asks us to trade in seems so important, so big. And yet when we get down the road, we look back, I'm like, whoo, good trade, good trade. God has the greatest for us. He has the greatest. It's not a cliche. It's not just a slogan. He wants to bless you beyond what you could ever dream. He wants you to be an influence in the world. And guess what? He wants you to flow in affluence. What? That, oh, that's kind of blasphemous. No, our God blesses those that represent him. And that root word on affluence is flow. Flowing towards a source, flowing towards something. God will bless us as long as we let it flow through us and bless the world around us. How many of you want to be blessed? 
How many of you want to be blessed? Maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, golly, she's long-winded. <laughs> I got a lot of time to make up for here. <laughs> I've been sitting at home for a while watching y'all on stream. <laughs> I got a few things built up in me. I've been watching the news too, and it's like, dear God, we have to do something. <laughs> Come on, let's rally the, rally the saints. But you know what? Don't, don't fade on me right now because I want us to make a commitment together. And those of us on stream, I want us to make a commitment to choose to be chosen. We make that commitment now and tomorrow morning, we wake up, we choose to be chosen. Tomorrow afternoon, we're going to work, we choose to be chosen. Tomorrow night, the next day, every day we choose to press in to more of God and as we do that, it opens the flow of his favor, his blessings to us. Those of us, one final scripture to bless you, you're going to love this. Psalms 112.3, the man who honors the Lord, wealth and riches shall be in his house. Now I get the amen. <laughs> Lift your hands. Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for this time together to celebrate you. Father, we come together because our hearts long for you. Our hearts long, God, to know you, to represent you in the world. God, what a privilege to be able to be a voice for you and a light to the world. Father, as we honor you, with our lives, with our purposes, our plans, our desires, as we align them with you. And God, we seek to find your path for each of us, your destiny, your plans, your purposes. God, we choose to be a chosen one. Father, raise us up, each of us, God, to be a voice and make impact in our spheres of influence, in our schools, in our families, on our jobs, in our careers, in our ministries, in our neighborhoods, in politics, in our workplace. God, everywhere we go, let your dominion be established and your light shine forth through us, God. Father, we surrender to a new level of you. We realize the times that we're living in, that the world needs you. And God, we are honored to be a part of making that happen. What you're doing in the world today, the revival that you're going to bring. God, don't do any of it without us. Let us be a part of your plan, your purposes to change the world on a global scale and on a one-on-one -on -one scale wherever we go. Bless us, God, greatly. Pour your finances out upon us and through us. God, let us be suppliers 
to the kingdom, not just recipients. Let us be those, God, that you flow your finances through to change the world, influence the world, and make a difference, God. Bless us greatly so we can be an even greater blessing in Jesus' name. Now give the Lord a praise. Thank him. Come on, receive it right now. Receive it right now. Receive it right now.